I'm gonna ask God every single day to search me and listen for what he shows me and be faithful to where he leads me. Hey. Break me, God. You wanna pray a dangerous prayer, you ask God to break you. That's the last thing any of us want, but on the other side of brokenness is a real intimacy with God and a dependence on him that you cannot get to any other way but through brokenness. God, I'm signing a blank contract, basically. Whatever, whenever, however, God, I'm available to you. Whatever you wanna do, my life is yours. You send me. Hey. 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 hey, everyone. Welcome to our first week of this new series called Dangerous Prayers, where the next couple of weeks we're going to be looking at how do we pray more boldly. And a lot of this content, uh, I have to give full credit, it's, it comes a lot from Craig Rochelle in his book titled Dangerous Prayers. And um, yeah, I, I don't want to mess it up because he has a lot of good content. But before we get started here, I just feel it pressed on my heart, obviously talking about Dangerous Prayers, that it feels foolish of me to try to do this on my own ability. And so I just want to pray and just ask God to, to take over here tonight. So if you guys will bow with me. Lord, um, just come before you. Uh, God, I, I don't want to get in the way of this message. And I know that, that you have each person here for a reason and that you want to speak to their hearts and to their minds, God. And I pray for an openness to that. God, I pray that I could become less and that you could become greater and that your name be glorified. It's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, so before we get into the content, you might be asking yourself, why are we doing a series called Dangerous Prayers? Um, if some of you guys were here the very first unite of this semester, um, I mentioned that my prayer, my hope, is that every time you walk through these doors, that you would fall more and more in love with Jesus. And I can't help but think that if we learn how to communicate deeper, more honest, and authentically with Christ through, through our prayer, that this couldn't help but help bring us maybe naturally to a deeper or even supernaturally into a deeper place in a relationship with him and to fall more in love with him. And, and so, and the other part is that when I look around our world right now and the state in which our world is in, I feel as followers of Christ, we can't afford to pray maybe weak, boring, or safe prayers. And full confession here, um, more times than often than not, my prayers are fairly weak. They're, they're sometimes boring and they're, they're safe. Um, I think of, you know, like our nighttime bedtime routine with our kids. Uh, when I pray to the kids, it's almost, like, it's almost like a scripted prayer, I realize. And it starts feeling so repetitive. And I'm, I'm asking God to, you know, give them happy dreams. I'm, I'm praying for them to have a good day at school um, and that they would be safe and that they'd be healthy. And it's not too different when I pray for myself too. I pray to God that, that he'd give me a good day. I pray that, you know, he would bless maybe the unhealthy lunch or dinner that I'm going to have, which, which maybe that is a bold prayer, praying for Taco Bell or McDonald's to settle well in your stomach. Um, and oftentimes I'll pray for safe travels if I'm, if I'm traveling anywhere. And, and this isn't to criticize if any of you pray similar prayers like this. Don't get me wrong tonight. I, I'm not saying that it's a sin to pray like that. Um, 
But I, I sense that God has so much more for us. And I feel like some of these are, if we're honest, are safe prayers. And by safe prayers, um, I'm meaning they don't have eternity impact. They don't change lives. They don't change our own lives. And now maybe I, I'm sure some of you are, are thinking or maybe intrigued by this title, like dangerous prayers, like how dangerous are we talking about? And I'll be honest, the thought, the thought and the idea of doing this series kind of terrifies me. You know, oftentimes as a speaker, God will tend to give you some good illustrations throughout the week uh, for your talks. And so a week, three weeks of dangerous prayers, like, I'm scared of what that means for me in the next few weeks. Um, I'm kind of intimidated. I'm not going to lie. But I'll tell you kind of the disclaimer of what, this, what these dangerous prayers are. These prayers will require faith, courage, even risk. They're almost guaranteed to push you out of your comfort zone. They're going to guarantee to stretch you and to help you grow in a good way, uncomfortable. They will require you to look deep within yourself, to stop pretending maybe about certain aspects of your life, to be honest with yourself before God, who knows you better than you know yourself. These prayers may break down walls in your heart and open an awareness to sin in your life. Instead of safe, all about me prayers, you might pray for others first, hurt for them, hope for them, intercede for them. Instead of asking God for just protection and safety, you might ask God what he wants you to do and where he wants you to go. And rather than asking him for more, you, you might instead praise him for what he's already given you. And here's the big one. Instead of just checking a box, your prayers might actually change eternity, disrupting hell, the enemy's schemes, silencing the, the demons, scaring them, and enlarging heaven. How's that for a disclaimer? These prayers that I'm going to be talking about tonight, I, in the next two weeks, I imagine that God would love answering these prayers almost immediately because of what it could do for our relationship with him and what it could even do for the world around us if we were all pray these dangerous prayers. And again, this is really why I want to do this series because I want us, including myself, to be willing to go deeper in our intimacy with Christ. And, to, and I believe that can happen through this honest conversation with him in prayer. And I can't help but think, that, again, that's going to help change how we experience and see the world around us as well. And so what are these dangerous prayers that can do all these things that I just mentioned? It's three simple yet very difficult prayers. And you guys have already seen it here. It's search me, break me, and send me. And tonight I'll be covering search me. And then next week, we'll be looking at Break Me, which I anticipate will probably be one of the toughest of the three prayers. And I'm tempted to skip out on next week if it wasn't for the fact that I am the one delivering the message. Um, but honestly, I, I believe that God is going to speak in a powerful way next week as he is close to the brokenhearted. And you guys might see me a little bit broken next week based on previous talks and how God does that fun thing of giving us <laughs> illustrations. Um, and then we're going to conclude this series with the prayer, Send Me, where we're going to be opening up ourselves to, to whatever God might want to lead us. 
And so I promise that this will be a series that you do not want to miss, even if you're tempted like I am to miss next week. Please don't. Um, it's going to be good. Okay, you guys ready for this? I feel like I, I just scared everybody, including myself. Uh, I mean, this gets a little dangerous here. All right, so our first dangerous prayer, search me, comes from one of my favorite Bible characters that I mentioned a couple weeks ago, David, who's considered the man after God's own heart in the Old Testament. And to give you a little context of the verse we're about to read, this, this is a time when King Saul had falsely accused David of treason and that he attempted assassination on the king. And King Saul knew where to hit David, where it hurts, as he claimed David wasn't faithful to his God. With all his heart, David wanted to please God. And even in this difficult situation, so he had to fight against his anger in order to protect and show honor to a king who just falsely accused him. And so this is where we're at. And David, knowing his motives aren't always pure or perfect, surrendered his heart before God and prayed one of the most transparent, vulnerable, dangerous prayers you will ever hear. And it's a prayer that I would love for all of us to have the courage to pray in our present time as well. And it comes from Psalm 139, 23 through 24. This is David's prayer before God. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So not only is this prayer difficult to pray, but it's even more difficult to apply and live out. If you have the courage to pray, you'll also need the humility and the courage to respond at whatever God reveals to you. And some of you might be thinking, what makes this prayer dangerous? Well, part of it is that this prayer has the potential to convict you, to correct you, to redirect your life, to change the way you see yourself, and maybe even change the way that others see you. It's not a safe prayer like some of the prayers I mentioned before, like praying for a good day or, or safe travels. It's dangerous because what it has the potential to produce a more intimate relationship and a deeper dependency on God. And I can imagine the world impact if every follower of Christ were brave enough to pray this prayer. No matter their political stance or their social stance, and just the idea of everyone humbling themselves to, to take this inventory of God, search me, search me. And so the plan for what I want to do tonight is I want to break down this prayer from David into four components in hopes that it will help clarify why this prayer is dangerous. And so the first component of this prayer is search my heart. And some of you might be wondering, why are we asking God to search our heart when he already knows our heart. And besides that, you might think that you have a good heart. And you, and you would be right that God does know what's inside your heart, but here's where it gets a little tricky. You might think you have a good heart, that you know your motives, that you know why you do what you do, and that it comes from a good place, that you want to do good, um, that you don't want to try to hurt anyone, that you want to do what's right. But God's word it actually says the opposite about our heart, and this might surprise some of you if you heard this for the first time, but the prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament, he describes our human heart like this in, in Jeremiah 17, 9. It says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? 
And like we said, we know that God knows how bad it is. And, and this whole idea of saying, search my heart, it's not about God finding something that he didn't know about. It's about him maybe revealing some things in our own heart that we didn't even realize or we've kind of just lost sight of. And so it's, it's easy to pretend that we have a good heart, but the Bible teaches that our heart deceives us and it is desperately wicked. At its core, the heart is about self, not Christ. It's about temporary, not eternal. And it's about what's easy, not what's right. It's obsessed with what we want and not what God wants. Without Christ, our heart is not good. It deceives. In fact, research studies show that most people tell multiple, multiple lies every day. We don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Or we want to make ourselves look good so we exaggerate. But the most common or the worst one is when we uh, tell ourselves lies. We might say something like, oh, well, I'm just going to go out with my friends and have a drink. And then a drink turns to multiple drinks, and, and then you don't remember the night. Or you're saying, I'm just going to eat one of those amazing Rice Krispie treats that Eric and Deb made. And it's like, yeah, right. You're going to at least have two. But we deceive ourselves, right? We, we tell ourselves lies. We're like, I'm going to do this, but then we don't, and we go past it. And so we need to ask ourselves, search my heart. Just ask God, search my heart. And I'll be honest, I don't pray this prayer very often. And I think partly is because I'm afraid at what God would reveal to me. That maybe sometimes I'm fake. That sometimes my motives are for myself or for winning the approval of others over the, the approval of God. And I remember when I was applying for this position, it was in an interview with the pastors, and they were asking me, what was my biggest concern about this job? And I was honest with them. I, I told them my biggest concern is that somehow I'm going to make this about me and that I'm going to try to impress you and make you feel as if you made the right choice in choosing me. And this was about five years ago, and to tell you the truth, that's, that's exactly what started happening when I started working here. I was busting my butt. I was trying to do everything. I was trying to control everything. And it came at a cost. I, I wasn't spending as much time with my wife and my kids. I was just consumed with this job because I was letting it wrap up my identity. And I wanted to prove and win their approval and impress them. And I can't help but think that because I was making it about me, that there wasn't a lot of fruit happening in this ministry. And I look around now and I see what God is doing in this place. And don't get me wrong, our heart, my heart is desperately wicked. What is that temptation to be like, look at, look at what I've done. Aren't you impressed? But I know better now that this is not the work of my hands because I've seen the work of my hands and it was empty. And so what I see happening here, I just give glory to God and thank him that I get to be a part of the ride and the work that he's doing in this place. But all that to say, motives are scary. They're scary to think about when we really get honest with ourselves and with God. And that's what David is doing here 
in this prayer. And it's what I encourage you to do when you pray this prayer as well, to ask God to search your heart. Search my heart. Knowing that it might bring up some things that are not so pleasant, but it's going to bring you into a more intimate place with Him. So search my heart. The next part, the second component to this prayer is reveal my fears. And this verse in Psalms again says, test me and know my anxious thoughts. What is it that makes you anxious, nervous, or afraid? What, what are those thoughts that, that are constantly running through your mind and never seem to quiet? Maybe things like being alone, never getting married, or losing your job, or failing class, or not having any money, or getting sick. I know for me, I really struggled, and I actually still struggle to, to an extent with this fear of losing loved ones, like my wife or my kids or my family or my friends. You see, I hear of so many amazingly strong Christians, and I hear the, of the intimacy that they have with God, but do you know what I also hear in that? I hear the pain that they've gone through, the loss that they've experienced. You hear of some that have lost their spouse, some that have lost their children. And I think to God, it's like, my fear tells me, like, I can't survive. I can't survive a loss like that. To give you guys a little insight into my mind, and my warped mind, I wouldn't say it's a good mind, but it's, I'm still a work in progress. But when Holly and I first started dating, um, she was having these episodes where she would pass out. And the, to tell you the truth, the first time it, it happened that um, I thought she died. I honestly did. Her brother was wrestling with her, and she sat down on the table afterwards. And while she's sitting there, staring, eyes open, she just like went lifeless with her eyes wide open. She was non-responsive. And we laid her to the floor. We were checking for vitals, and, and it was so faint that we were barely feeling anything, and we were just really scared. And if what seemed like eternity, she, she finally was waking up. And something happened in that moment. Um, there was a fear that crept inside of my heart. And, and I had this thought, and I'm not proud of this, but I had this thought of what if someday I want to marry this woman? And God wants to test me, and he takes her away from me. Sorry. And I started, um, I, I didn't do it on purpose, but subconsciously, I started creating a wall in my heart, which was telling me that it's going to protect me from experiencing such pain and loss. And I wasn't only putting up a wall between myself and Holly, I was also putting up a wall between me and God, saying that I didn't want what it takes to become intimate with you. And if you guys were here a couple weeks ago, 
I shared a little bit of what God had to say about that in our declaration of hallelujah. You know, and it was a time when Holly and I had broken up and God, he wrecked me and he revealed to me as I was singing praises to him, he broke these very walls that I set up on that incident. He broke those very walls to allow me to experience the love, not only that I had for him, but also the love that I had for Holly. And we might not know the exact fears that David might have had in this verse, but we can see that he was troubled for his safety and his future because right after he asked God to search his heart, he wanted to share his worst fears with God, to face them and to give them a name, to trust that God was bigger than any fear that David could have. And he's bigger than any fear that you or I could have too. Amen? Amen. I realize AJ got a lot of amens last week. Granted, his serious calls, amen. So I'm being, that's my own selfish motive. I wanted to hear an amen there. I'm just All right. But I want to ask, are you willing to ask God this, to reveal what holds your mind hostage, what maybe paralyzes you from moving forward in your relationship with him, or maybe, like in my case, your relationship with another person? There was a quote that Craig Rochelle had in his book that really hit me hard. It convicted me. He says, what I feared the most revealed where I trusted God the least. I'm going to say that again to let it settle in. What I feared the most revealed where I trusted God the least. You see, our anxious thoughts, they matter to God not so that he can make us comfortable or, or make sure that we live a stress-free life. They matter to him because they reveal where we trust him the least. And this is where he wants to do a work in your life and in my life. And I will get into this more next week. Um, but I know for me, again, one of my biggest obstacles in growing deeper in my relationship with him has been this area of fear of losing loved ones around me, which makes sense if you go back to how I pray. Like, I'm often praying for, for health and protection and safety over my loved ones. And I realize that I need to, to learn how to surrender that fear to God and to trust him. And maybe you can relate to some of the fears that you have and that maybe have hindered your relationship with God. And so we humbly say, search my heart, reveal my fears. And the third component to this prayer, this dangerous prayer, is uncover my sins. And so David's prayer, again, it starts with, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And then he says, see if there is any offensive way in me. And this might be where this prayer really gets dangerous. I mentioned before how David was considered a man after God's own heart. He was devoted to God. He worshiped God passionately. He led and served courageously. And yet he still made huge mistakes. And I mentioned too how a couple of weeks ago, like that's, that's what gives me hope as a person who still makes huge mistakes in my life. I'd love to think that I could still be considered a man after God's own heart. But David, he, he recognizes that he doesn't always make the right decisions in this life. And so this is why he's praying this dangerous prayer. He's asking God to show him if he's doing anything that offends or hurts God's heart. 
And hearing God's response to his prayer of revealing any offense, of any offensive ways can be probably the most challenging part of this prayer. Because let's be honest, most of us are masters at rationalizing away our wrong actions. If you're anything like me, you're, you're good at accusing others, but even better at excusing yourself. And sometimes it's hard looking in the mirror. We don't see our own sins, but it's so easy to see the sins of everyone else. And so this part of the prayer of uncover my sins, it requires humility. Again, when you think of the current state of our world and our country right now, Maybe some of you are, you're, you're thinking that you're standing up for all the right reasons on all the right sides of every political or social argument. And maybe you are. But I want to challenge and encourage you, like I've been challenged myself, to honestly ask and humbly ask God to reveal if there's any offensive way in you that takes humility in a world of right fighters and self-righteousness this is hard to ask and probably even harder to hear what God might reveal to us. So in his book, Dangerous Prayers, Craig, uh, he, shares maybe th- he shares three questions that can help guide us when we're asking this prayer of God to uncover our sins. And the first question is, what are others telling me? In other words, are, are people that I have loved and respect or trust have they expressed concern for me or, or asked if I was considered to get help? A good rule of thumb is if you have more than two people that are, are sh- suggesting that you have a problem, there's a good chance that you might have a problem and you should probably deal with this immediately. Is there something in your life that loved ones suggest is unhealthy or unwise? You ask God to show you any offensive way, and you start with this idea of, of what are others telling me? The next question is, what have I rationalized? And some examples of this could be that there's nothing wrong with looking at porn. Everybody's, everyone's doing it. It's not hurting anyone, or it could be worse. Or I'm not gossiping. I'm, I'm simply sharing information about somebody so that others can know how we can pray for this person. We rationalize it. Or you could say uh, gambling is, is not a, a problem for me. It's just entertainment, and I can stop it anytime. We're just rationalizing. So what have you found yourself rationalizing, even though you know deep down it's not right? I know I've shared with you guys before that I've been called out a few times by my wife and my kids, even how much time I spend on my phone. And every time, like, Holly comes around the corner and sees me on my phone, I'm just like, oh, crap. Like, and, I, and I'd start rationalizing, you know, and I'll be like, oh, I'm checking the weather to, to see if it's going to interfere with the Unite event. Or I'm responding to a text or an email that maybe one of you sent me that, and I, I don't want to be rude and not respond right away. Or uh, I'm checking out Unite on social media, which if you haven't done that yet, you guys need to follow us on social media. A lot of good content, yes. Walk of the week, good stuff on there. Check it out. But anyways, we, I'm rationalizing why I'm on my phone so much. When deep down in my heart, I know what I should be doing in those moments. I should be giving my quality, present time with my wife and with my kids. 
So what have you, yes, amen. Right. So what have you rationalized? The third and final question, where am I most defensive? And this is pretty close related to rationalizing as we try to defend our actions and justify why we're doing what we're doing. But I think the reason we respond defensively is because, again, we know deep down in our heart that what we're doing is not right. But here's the thing. We also don't want to stop doing. And it's all of a sudden becoming contention when the person's calling us out and we're just like, you're not taking this away from me. I enjoy doing this. And we get defensive. So what, where are you finding that you are most defensive? There might be something there that God wants you to bring to him. And so these are just a few questions, helpful questions to guide you when you are asking this dangerous prayer of God to uncover your sins, to show you any offensive ways in you. Again, they are, what are others trying to tell me? What have I rationalized? And where am I most defensive? I truly believe that this part of the prayer requires a lot of humility to be honest with God and with yourself. But here's a good word of encouragement. The Bible is very clear that God is very attracted to humility. In fact, in James 4, 6, it says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. I know some of you would love to sense God's favor on your life. Be humble. Be humble and pray. Search my heart. Reveal my fears and uncover my sin. The fourth and final component to this dangerous prayer that David's prayed, David prayed, lead me. Every component to this dangerous prayer is important, but it's incomplete without this final one. In Psalms, again, it says, and lead me in the way everlasting. We don't want God just to show us the ugliness of our heart, to reveal to us our anxious and fearful thoughts. We don't want to just merely know how we've offended him or our different offensive ways. We want so much more. We want him to lead us to point to us and guide us how to become more of who he wants us to be, to be more like him. And here's the thing, when we ask him to lead us, he will, with his Holy Spirit. He promises this. Every time you're in a difficult spot or you need wisdom or help, his spirit will guide you to the way that is everlasting. If you're brave enough to pray this dangerous prayer, I promise you, God will meet you right where you're at. But you can't come to it half-heartedly as this prayer has the potential and the power to change everything for you. This is a soul-cleansing, heart-mending, eternity-shifting prayer. It reminds me, if, if you guys were here this last Sunday, oh my goodness, what an incredible message God shared through Pastor Allen. As he was sharing the testimony of his family, and he was sharing how his mother as a teenager was crying out to God, not even knowing if she really believed in him. But she said, if you are there, reveal yourself to me. And his Holy Spirit just took over that room and took over her. And it changed her life and the trajectory of her life forever. And not only her life, but her family's life. As we hear that Pastor Allen had a similar experience as he was going through adulthood, where he was like, God, if you are real, show up. Meet me here. And again, the Holy Spirit met him right where he was at. 
This is eternity-shifting prayers and moments. Maybe some of you are hungry for some life change. I dare you to pray. Lead me. Lead us in the way everlasting. In other words, lead me to the things that have eternal value. For some of us, that might mean seeking the approval of God over the approval of other people. You know, I believe that we become less in love with the world when we fall more in love with Jesus and eternity. And I believe it takes extreme discipline and courage to say this dangerous prayer, to fix our eyes on Jesus, and to follow him as he leads us in the way everlasting. But if you do this, I believe that you will start to see how he connects all the dots of searching your heart, revealing your fears, uncovering your sin, and leading you, and how it points to your deepest needs. And your deepest needs, as painful as it might be, becomes a gift as it moves you to depend on Christ. Again, I believe that God wants to answer this prayer immediately. Imagine what our world would look like is as followers of Christ, we would humbly come before him. Maybe the, the division, the disunity that we see would begin to cease. I know of families and friends that have ended their relationships in these last two years, and it's even happened in my own family. And it's sad to me. And I pray that it can start changing with humility and honest, dangerous prayers like this. Are you daring enough to pray? To step through your greatest fear into faith? And if you are, as we close here, I want to challenge you guys to say this prayer together with me but only if you mean it. If you don't, then I respect that you might not be in that place. And believe me, I don't take this lightly because like I said, it could be a scary thing. Yeah, I feel like God has challenged me in this last week. It's, it's scary to take a self-inventory. It's terrifying to invite God to do an inventory in your heart. And I feel like that's what he's been doing. And so I get it. It's, it's not easy to go there. He's going to reveal some stuff, but I promise you there's some healing that's also there. And there's a deeper intimacy that starts to grow between you and the Father who loves you so much. So if you guys will, I want to say this prayer together for those of you that want to agree in this prayer. Again, this is David's dangerous prayer. Psalm 139, 23 through 24. Let's say this together if you want. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen.
Thank you for being a part of our community opening the word today. We here at Unite challenge you to grow in your relationship with God, to grow in your relationship with others, and to go out and live a Christ-centered life. To learn more about Unite, follow our social media pages or go to our website at mpcc.org unite. God bless. Mm-hmm.